Hello? Hi. Hi, it sounds awesome. Okay, great. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining Gwendolyn's Heart First Podcast. Uh, this is uh, segment one, and we're going to be doing our introduction. My name is Mercedes Booker. I'm the vice president of Gwendolyn's Heart, and we also have Bianca Walker on the line. She is the president, the founder, and CEO of Gwendolyn's Heart. Hi, Bianca. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Can you go ahead and share with us the mission statement of Gwendolyn's Heart? Okay, so um, the mission of for Gwendolyn's Heart is to empower individuals and families, as well as communities affected by HIV and AIDS, to create for them to create and sustain healthy lives. Awesome. And how did we come up with the name Gwendolyn's Heart? Who is Gwendolyn? Well, the name was easy because um, coming up with that part, Gwendolyn is my mother, and she actually lost her battle um, with HIV, with AIDS in 2004 in December. So Gwendolyn's heart, um, Gwendolyn is my mother, and so that's where the name comes from. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry if to hear about that, and um, so that's why we have Gwendolyn's Heart. It's a 501c3 nonprofit organization, yes. and um, what we do is we provide uh, counseling services, support groups, and um, testing uh uh, services so that way people can know their status at all times and also to um, help not only those who um, have HIV or AIDS but uh, this is also for counseling for those who have lost someone that was um, affected by HIV and AIDS so um, the services are for everyone so let's just jump right into it. Uh, what we are talking about first is the statistics of HIV and AIDS um, globally. So I have the statistics from glo globalstatistics.hiv.gov. And what they have here, it says that there were approximately 36.9 million people worldwide living with HIV AIDS in 2017. And that's how often they upload their uh, statistics. It's every two years. So um, this, uh, these are current. So of these, 1.8 million were children. Um, and it says less than 15 years old. It says an estimated of 1.8 million individuals worldwide became newly infected with HIV in 2017 and about 5,000 new infections per day. So that's why we say we need to get tested because there's 5,000 people every day becoming infected with HIV and AIDS. <clears throat> yes, and you know that that's a problem for me because this is very personal. Um not only did I lose my mother to it, but I lost a brother to it as well in 2003. And <clears throat> the reason why I created Gwendolyn's Heart is to bring awareness to for it to to the take the stigma away from it, to stop the shaming. So people can feel more comfortable with getting tested and starting a conversation about getting tested and asking your partner or asking a potential partner, you know, if somebody loves you, then they won't mind going to get tested in order to be with you because that's Absolutely. very important, you know. And 
we just need to be more responsible as a community, as people, you know, and then you turn around and you sleep with someone, you don't know their status, you end up with HIV and or AIDS, and then you find out you're pregnant and you're taking a risk bringing a child into this world and creating a, a another life that is going to have to deal with all types of difficulties and illnesses, <clears throat> excuse me, throughout their life because of the lack of responsibility that two people took. When it's 10 minutes, go in there, get tested, and boom, just to know. So. Absolutely. So um, thank you for that. And I wanted to jump right into the second statistic because we're running out of time with this first segment. So the second one is how common is HIV in America? It says an estimated 1.1 million people in the United States were living with HIV at the end of 2015, the most recent year for which these this information is available. And it says of those people, about 15% or one in seven did not know they were infected. So again, we reiterate how important it is to go get tested regularly. And I believe it's every three months you're supposed to go get tested for HIV and other STDs. So that way you can maintain your status of not having it. Um, So those were the statistics I wanted to share. We're going to wrap up this first segment and we're going to jump right into um, how mothers can um, transfer the HIV virus to their child on the second segment. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining. Hello. Hi. All right. So now we're ready to start segment two of the Gwendolyn's Heart podcast. And this is the still the first podcast. And now we just discussed the statistics and how important it is to go get tested. We also um, shared Gwendolyn's Heart's mission statement as well as the services that we provide, which again is the counseling services, support groups, as well as helping people um, find different ways to get tested uh, for HIV or AIDS. Now the second um, um, topic we're gonna do, we're gonna jump right into it. Bianca's gonna share that with us. Go ahead, Bianca. Okay, so this topic um, is going to be about can a mother transmit the um, HIV or AIDS virus to her unborn child. Now, we have to when we speaking about this, we have to keep in mind that HIV and AIDS are two different um, illnesses. HIV is basically the beginning stage, um, and you can have HIV for about a period of 10 years or more without contracting the actual AIDS virus if you're doing what you're supposed to do as far as taking a medication, um, going to the doctor, and things like that. So can a pregnant woman transmit the HIV virus during pregnancy? The answer to that question is yes. Um, The risk of transmitting the virus to your unborn child comes in when you are not taking care of yourself. You're not taking your medications. You're not going to the doctor. You're smoking, substance abuse, vitamin deficiency, malnutrition, other infections or STDs. Um, And also it depends on your viral load, um, the quantity of HIV virus in your blood. 
So um, those are a number of factors and a number of ways that you can transmit it to your baby, also by breastfeeding. And um, there's also, and it's not to be alarmed because you can have a successful pregnancy and your child can be born without the HIV virus if you're doing what you're supposed to do. If you're taking those medications, you're keeping those doctor's appointments, you're living the most healthy life you could possibly live um, during pregnancy to have a healthy child. So um, a lot of children are born with the, a lot of children are born with the HIV virus, and it can be prevented. Now, when it comes to AIDS, that's different because the AIDS virus, well, the illness itself is something that you just can't, uh, you can't fight off. Your immune system is weak. You, um, the way it attacks your body, you're not able to fight that off. So when you're at the stage where you have full-blown AIDS, that, and you're a pregnant woman, you will, um, your child will be born with AIDS. So um, these are just these are things that we just want you to know, so that you can make sure you're doing everything that you can do. And if you do have AIDS, just know that as long as you work with your doctor, you talk to your doctor, and you let them know, so you can be comfortable. Everybody makes mistakes; things happen. You know, of course, nobody wants to bring their child into this world being born with AIDS or HIV. But sometimes it's things that we can't help. So we can only do the best we can do as women and mothers to try and make sure that we're just living healthy lives. We're getting the um, counseling that we need. We're getting the, we have the emotional support. You know, we're reaching out. We're having the conversation about everything so that we can, you know, so it doesn't become a bigger issue in our community. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good. Yes, I definitely um, know that, you know, we we all know that that was, you know, something that can be transmitted to a baby during pregnancy. But but it was very uh, surprising when I first learned that it's it doesn't always have to be that as long as you are doing what you're supposed to do um, and living that healthy lifestyle. Baby can come out just as uh, healthy as can be as any other baby whose mother does not have the HIV virus. So that's always good to know. Yeah, it gives know. it gives people the um, the courage and, and the, the faith and hope that, that they can still have babies in the future despite the virus. Right. And, you know, and that's what we, and this is why we need to start these types of conversations because a lot of people, there is a lot of information out there, but there's also a lot of misinformation. People don't do the research. So, and a lot of times nobody's going to walk up to you and say, hey, I'm HIV positive and I'm pregnant. What can I do? You know, they're going to feel like you're going to judge them, ridicule, shame, just by telling somebody that you have HIV or AIDS when it shouldn't be that way. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap it up for our second segment. We're still on the very first podcast, introducing Gwendolyn's Heart. So we're going to jump right into segment three. So stay tuned while we get it all together. Thank you. Thank you.
All right. Hi. Okay, guys. So this is Mercedes Booker and Bianca Walker again from Gwendolyn's Heart. And we are going to jump right into segment three. So, so far we've uh, discussed our, um, we shared our introduction. We discussed statistics globally and um, nationally. And now, oh, also, and we discussed the contraction of HIV or AIDS to a baby during pregnancy. Um, And so now we're going to talk about if those with HIV or AIDS and or those who have lost a loved one due to HIV or AIDS, should they seek a, excuse me, should they seek, seek counseling? The question to that is yes, absolutely seek counseling. Um, and again, Gwendolyn's Heart provides counseling services. Um, but if there's something that we feel we cannot help, we will of course send out referrals to other agencies that can help you. But, um, So the answer to that is yes, absolutely seek counseling. And the reason being is because uh, it took, okay, Bianca, I would like for you to answer this question or this topic somewhat um, because I know you were telling me that it took you 15 years to overcome uh, the loss of your mom who passed away from HIV, AIDS, excuse me. And um, I know you had felt different ways and I want you to go ahead and share how you overcame that and the the feelings that you felt when what during those trying times of trying to overcome okay so um how did you feel you know when you first found out and then how did you feel after when your mother passed Well, when I first found out, it was very hard because my mother didn't tell um, my brothers and and myself. Um, My mother was actually in the hospital, and she was sick, and we didn't know why. So I wasn't 18 yet, so the doctors couldn't tell me because my mother didn't give them permission. And my brothers were, um, they were 19, so the doctors were able to tell them, and my brothers in turn told me. And um, I was hurt because, number one, I felt like my mother didn't trust me to love her enough, even though she had this. It was my mother. I wasn't changing how I was feeling. If anything, I would've, it would have made me love her even more by her just coming out telling me. So I was... I was devastated, but it didn't change my view of my mother being my mother. I still love her. I still love her as much as I did the day that she gave birth to me. So I was just, I was hurt, and I just wanted to keep her as safe as I possibly could and do everything I could. Absolutely. And so, you know, of course, that was, it was heartbreaking to to find out you know, that your mother was HIV or excuse me, she was AIDS. She had, she was positive for AIDS, excuse me. But then afterwards, when, after she passed, how did you feel? Did you feel, you know, uh, embarrassed or did you feel that, um, you know, you couldn't talk to anyone about it? All the above, all the above. Um, Yeah. I was embarrassed because, you know, we don't talk about this type of stuff, especially in the black community. 
You're not right. telling nobody. You not. You don't want nobody talking about you because when well, nobody gonna talk about mom and not have issues. That's just period. You know. So right. uh, we're very protective of our mothers, and as daughters, you know, we want to keep them safe from anybody. You know. So mm-hmm. um, just people knowing, and I felt like they would judge my mother. So I was, yes, I was embarrassed. And um, what was the other question you asked me? Did you feel like you could talk to anyone? No. Um, not because not because I couldn't talk to anyone, but because there was no one to talk to that I felt like would understand or would be able to, um, like, help me. And I did need that. I was right. in a traumatic state. And... As you said, for the past 15 years, I've lived my life in a traumatic state just because of not dealing with it, um, right. not having the help and the um, somebody to talk to and express my feelings and somebody to be able to, to educate me. So I had to do all those things for myself over the course of 15 years to be able to come to grips and accept it, you know, um, I never get over my mother's death. That that'll never happen. But I have learned to. I'm in the beginning stages of accepting it by creating um, Gwendolyn's heart and being able to help other people. You know, deal with it. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's safe to say now that had you had counseling in the past, it wouldn't have taken 15 years. It would have taken shorter amount of time. Yeah, it would have overcome been. the traumatic experience of losing your mother, not only losing your mother, but losing your mother to AIDS and not knowing it. Right. And just I would have it would have helped me to learn how to deal with it, how to cope, you know, in those moments of because you feel helpless. You know, even though I have yes. my brothers, we all lost our mothers to the same thing. To this day, me and my brothers have never had a conversation as our children. And um, I just recently reached out to my brother and let him know what I was doing, and I didn't get a response, you know, because yes. as her, by that being their mother, too, I want them to be okay with me sharing my story to the world, you know, and that just goes to show not only have I not dealt with it, but my brothers haven't dealt with it either. So we didn't have the the resources or anybody to be there to say, listen, y'all just went through this traumatic event. We're going to get you help so you can learn how to cope day to day. It Absolutely. just wasn't there for us. And right now, the best thing that is going, that, that counseling service is providing to people for any traumatic experience that they've dealt with, it could be PTSD, it could be this, losing a family member to AIDS, it could be having HIV or AIDS. Um, So there is trauma-informed care that's being provided through the counseling services. Um, And that's something that Gwendolyn's Heart is um, taking into consideration, and um, we are fostering that trauma-informed care to all of our clients who comes for counseling services. Um, Trauma-informed care is anyone that's coming to our agency, all of our staff is trauma-informed care, uh, trauma-informed trained, excuse me, and they're able to 
um, acknowledge what the client is going through. They're able to um, encourage and empower the client, not only the counselors, our licensed counselors, but the staff, the secretary, myself, I'm not a licensed uh, clinician. However, I am the vice president of the uh, of Gwendolyn's Heart and Bianca is the president of Gwendolyn's Heart. So we're not licensed clinicians. However, we know and we are still trained in the trauma-informed care. And so we could provide that service to all of our clients. And that is something that you, Bianca, definitely needed at that time when you were dealing with this traumatic experience. Had you had it then, it would wouldn't have taken so long to overcome this, but but we are here now. And so I want to thank you for sharing um, your experience and the feelings that you felt dealing with, uh, you know, losing your mother. I can't even imagine how that, you know, feels. And so I want to thank you for that. And I want to go ahead and wrap this, wrap our last segment up. Um, I want to let you guys know that um, Gwendolyn's Heart is um, in Chicago, Illinois, um, providing these uh, counseling services and also the support groups are coming up soon. We will provide the dates and times for those um, as soon as we get them. Um, and you'll so you'll be uh, hearing those probably on our second or third podcast. So keep in tune. Um, Bianca, did you want to sh- uh, say anything? Yes. Um, I just wanted to say that um, Gwendolyn's heart is, Gwendolyn's heart just wants to accomplish so many goals, and we just want to, we just want to help everybody that we can possibly help. Um, Right now, our focus is HIV and AIDS, but it does not stop there. Um, we are located in Chicago, Illinois, based out of the south side of Chicago. It doesn't stop there. Gwendolyn's Heart will be, and I am speaking it into existence with my wonderful, wonderful board members and Mercedes. I just thank you so much. You have been so wonderful. Miss Grace has been so wonderful. Um, we oh, will be global. thank you. <laughs> yes, we will be global. And you never know. We are, we just, we just might be in your presence one day. So I just want you to got, you guys to stay tuned. If you know somebody, um, you want to reach out, everything is discreet. Um, everything is confidential. If you would like to reach out to us, you can via email. Our email is org. That is G-W-E-N. D-O-L-Y-N-S-H-E-A-R-T dot org. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. Thank you for joining our wonderful podcast.